Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so I don't know if you're seeing what's happening with this Green Bay Packers situation. And it's really turning out better than we could ever anticipate because the Packers, I hate to say this, the Packers have actually played this pretty well. Like they've got their quarterback in-house. When they start their preseason work after the draft and everything like that, like Jordan Love's there. He's been working around. And Aaron Rodgers really like has no leverage. Like you've already said you want to play for the Jets. They don't need to trade you. They could trade you in August. Like they're in no rush. And now the Jets are like, well, we could move on to other options. You're like, okay, go ahead and sign Blaine Gabbert or bring in whomever. Like they're, I, again, I hate to give the Packers any sort of credit here, but when it's screwing over Aaron Rodgers, I, I almost have to tip my cap, the cap that I'm not wearing. Uh, I got to tip my cap to the Green Bay Packers. You know what? I don't want to do any of that. So, Sammy, let's just go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Hey everybody, welcome to a very special edition of The Sick Podcast. Coming up in just a matter of moments, one of my favorite people in the industry of Yahoo Sports and the reception perception. Matt Harmon is going to be joining us in just a matter of moments. But before we bring him on, just wanted to go over a couple of things. Now, over the last couple of days, Ed Oliver went out there, posted some cryptic stuff on Instagram, and that has set the world ablaze uh, with Bears fans arguing whether he's a good enough player. Like when you see the scenarios that get thrown about, like, yeah, if you give us nine and 12, we'll trade, like, no, no, no. We'll trade you a fifth round pick. And I was talking to some scouts and they're like, yeah, Ed Oliver's fine. Maybe I was over inflating him. But for the right price, I think Ed Oliver, if you can get him to come in, especially like if the price is right, like if they traded a fifth round pick or something like that, and then you give him an opportunity to prove whether he deserves a long-term deal or not, I think that is the ideal situation. Uh, we also did see this too. Uh, Charles Davis on NFL.com on Thursday released his latest mock draft. He has the Bears taking Jalen Carter with the ninth overall selection. So if you missed our show on Tuesday night to take it to the rank, Carmen Vitali and I discussed this in great length about what the Bears should do if Jalen Carter presents himself at number nine. So I want you guys to go back and check that out if you did not already see the show, but hopefully you did because it was a good one. 
This one is going to be exceptional, though, because, of course, over the last couple of weeks, the Bears have greatly improved their team by trading for DJ Moore, who has been one of my favorite players in the NFL. And he's also been a favorite of our guest here today. And again, he's one of the brightest minds in all of football, not just fantasy. This is not a fantasy thing, but of football in general. Uh, he writes for Yahoo. He writes, he produces content. He did a podcast with Austin Eckler for Yahoo Sports. He is also the owner of the Reception Perception, uh, which I want you all to check out when you get a chance after the show is over. But please welcome to the show, Mr. Matt Harmon. Matt, first of all, um, take the hat off for a second. You're right. We're balds. We're a couple of balds well, now. I'm a little, I'm a little long up here right now, little, yeah. um, which I actually kind of uh, appreciate. To be honest, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I enjoy the the buzz look a little more than just the clean dome. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I can't because I can't pull it off uh, as good as you, Uncle Rank. So I appreciate yeah. you having me, man. This is going to be uh, pretty exciting. I'm I'm excited for your Bears. You know, a serious wide receiver core. I think for the first time in Justin Fields' short career. So I'm excited to talk about it. No, I'm I'm excited about it as well. By the way, we got kind of like I got the Jason Statham. You're kind of the Rob Cordry, and I think it works for both of us. But let's talk about DJ Moore, because I know that when we worked together uh, with the NFL Network, DJ Moore was one of our favorite guys coming out of college. What, he's been one of our favorite players for the last couple of years. What can you tell Bears fans? What is What makes DJ Moore so good? Um, man, there's a lot of different directions we can go here. I think the thing that I'm most excited about with DJ Moore for the Bears is that I think he can fill a variety of roles, which is great because – I don't think that the Bears receiver core is a total blank slate. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Darnell Mooney can be maybe a solid number two, but a really good number three. And I think that Chase Claypool, you know, I talked to Justin Fields after the Super Bowl, and he was really emphatic that going from Matt Canada's offense, which, by the way, I don't have a lot of respect for the Matt Canada offense, (laughs) you know, and, and, and the route designs and the route concepts and the timing and rhythm of that offense, going from that to what's a really structured and um, kind of intense timing-based offense mm-hmm. that the Chicago Bears run under Luke Getze, that's a pretty hard transition. Fields was pretty insistent that that was, a, that was a difficult transition. I think we could all see that that was a difficult transition. So even if Claypool never lives up to that, you know, the, the pick that they gave up for him, even if that's always going to be a punchline for people out there, um, I think he can be – yeah, it will be. But I think he could be a useful receiver. So I wouldn't say they're a total blank slate, but DJ Moore, I think uh, the thing that I'm most excited about is that he has shown in Carolina for a few seasons that he can function as a vertical X receiver, which I think is something that they def- desperately need. You know, that number one traditional guy tethered to the line of scrimmage, going to face a lot of press man coverage on the outside – but I also think if you wanted to move him into the slot or you wanted to get him off the line as a flanker, which is kind of where he played more last year, then you get him into these run-after-catch opportunities that I kind of think the Matt Rule-led Panthers have really underutilized DJ Moore in that way the last few yeah. years. So I think that positional versatility, especially as a potential downfield X receiver, is the thing I'm most excited about him in this offense. Is he one of the? Is he too small to get into the slot or play flanker or anything like that? You don't want him over the middle because I think his average depth of target uh, last year was pretty good. But mm-hmm. at the same time, do you want him maybe a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage? You know, I think that again, it, that's the benefit of this is that if they want him hunting those deep targets, you know, I'm sure we'll break down the actual reception perception stuff here in, in a sec. But like, 
he shows the ability to get open on those deep routes uh, against press coverage, against man coverage, not at like an elite, elite level, but at a, what I would say like a very good to, to potentially great level uh, in terms of his ability to beat press man coverage on the outside. He can do that with those routes, but you know, I, I remember talking to DJ Moore actually when we used to work together at NFL coming into the draft and he was kind of comparing his game as an after catch player to like Golden Tate. So yeah. and he, I think he's like a bigger souped up version uh, of of Golden Tate. So I think he's got the type of body that if you want him working over the middle, if you want him breaking tackles after the catch, if you go back to like his first season with the Carolina Panthers and that was in 2018. So it's, it's a little bit ago. That was really his best couple of years, the first two years in terms of his run after catch ability. So I think from a size perspective, he does have the ability to play uh, inside and take those hits over the middle if that's what you're asking him to do. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The reception perception is something that you started a couple of years ago. I know you relaunched the site. This The site is brand new. It's redesigned. You can go to receptionperception.com. Go check it out. There is stuff. The, um, there are paywall stuff, but there's also valuable information. Uh, I also use it for my fantasy drafts, but I know it's more than this. And it's, and it's for everybody who wants to know a little bit more about the wide receiver position. What is it, though, that you do? What are you providing for people? Like, how do you chart these wide receivers? Yeah, actually, you mentioned the free content. Um, the thing that's free on the site right now, and this is great for our conversation, is the DJ Moore profile. So I think uh, your your listeners and your viewers will be very interested in that. I encourage everybody to sign up for a subscription, yeah. of course. But and I think I think once you see the DJ Moore profile, you'll be pretty intrigued because the idea of reception perception is essentially, and, and this is something I started doing really in like 2013, 2014. 2014 is the first season that I have full league-wide data for and it goes all the way up to obviously we're in the middle of when i say we i mean me uh, are in the middle of charting the 2022 season so reception perception is trying to isolate wide receiver play from all the surrounding variables you guys know this that are watching you know this rank and like especially if you play fantasy you definitely know this that wide receiver production is so inherent on outside variables we know quarterback plays the biggest one um like guys can be getting open and separating at all three levels but if they don't have a quarterback who can hit them accurately and on time and within the progression of the route design they're not going to put up numbers so a wide receiver can do his job on you know 60 70 percent of the plays but he might only get like you're lucky to get eight to ten targets a game so i really wanted to try to give credit and quantify what was going on on all those other plays. So what I do is over an eight game sample for NFL players and college prospects will be hitting the site soon as well. I chart every single route that they run 
what position they line up between that X flanker slot, because I think that is really crucial to trying to evaluate receivers and everything else trickles down after that. And essentially, I'm going to show you how often they get open against man coverage, zone coverage, press coverage, how often they get open on each route type. Really trying to give you a data point for everything that wide receivers do on passing plays. Uh, and really, obviously, it's you know trying to tell you like who's good and what they're good at. But really, for me, it's also trying to put wide receivers into buckets because like we just talked about three guys with the Bears. Great example. Mooney. More um, and obviously Chase Claypool, those guys all win in very different ways. So RP is really trying to parse that out. Most importantly, it's it's trying to separate the wide receiver from outside variables to really give them credit for the one thing they can control. How often do they run good routes and how often do they get open? And how does DJ Moore rank against some of the better receivers in the league? Yeah, I think that DJ Moore, you know, he's such a favorite of the fantasy community, right? That I think that sometimes like there can be a bit of myth making with that. Like the first thing you'll see is, um, and you know, Bears fans remember Allen Robinson, like the same thing, the look at all these quarterbacks that he's played right. with, you know, and like the whole thing. And DJ Moore is kind of on that path too, between, you know, playing with the ghost of Cam Newton uh, and then Cam Newton again, <laughs> and, and right. then Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, all these guys. So I think there's a bit of like, all right, well, he must be really, really like an elite level player that's willing to get on, like ready to get unlocked. I think he, again, he's probably topped off as kind of like a very good to great number one receiver, just shy of that sort of elite tier. Because one of the metrics that uh, are, is most important in reception perception is the 70% success rate versus man coverage threshold and the 80% success rate versus zone coverage threshold. And it, again, it kind of varies based on where you line up, which is more important. For a guy like DJ Moore, who clears 70% success rate versus man, 71.2% last year, um, he's done that for three straight years now, and a guy who's consistently moved over that 80% success rate versus zone mark, 81.7% from last year, that shows he has a full skill set. And I would say he's probably around like the 70th to 77th percentile in the league, which is really, uh, uh, again, not in the elite territory, but in the very good to great territory in terms of like outside receivers. Yeah, what about the the match with the quarterback with Justin Fields? And I know the last season when the when the year started, you weren't necessarily enthralled with the way that Justin Fields was playing. Uh, I know, and, and and it's fair. There's fair criticisms about it. Do you think this is a good quarterback matchup for DJ Moore? I do because I think the one thing that you've got to give Fields a ton of credit for is that he is a big game hunter. Like I said earlier, like he will read those deep routes. And I think that's the thing that DJ Moore, again, the after the catch stuff I think has been lacking. That has been needed to be unlocked by the last Panthers coaching staff. A lot of problems with the last Panthers coaching yeah. staff, of course. Um, but that was one of my constant complaints with the offensive design that they didn't get him into space enough, but the one thing I think they did do well was they had him run a ton of nine routes. Like if you look at his route percentage chart, DJ Moore, you go to the site again, it's free 21.8% nine route rate. That's a really high rate. That's above the NFL average. His dig route rate, 20.1%. Uh, again, that's above the NFL average. Like those intermediate and deep patterns, I think are the favorite sort of match between fields uh, and, and, and DJ Moore. Like he hasn't had a guy that can really consistently win on the outside and win in that vertical way, even really in the intermediate routes. I mean, because that's not Chase Claypool's specialty, even though he's a bigger guy. And in addition to that, I think my number one critique of Chase Claypool is he's never been a good contested catch player. DJ Moore actually, I think it's from the 2019 season, still owns the second highest contested catch rate I've charted since 2014. And we're talking like 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of receivers sampled in that span. So I think his ability to win in tight coverage and win down the field will not only unlock something in Justin Fields, but I think also unlock something in DJ Moore that we haven't necessarily seen yet uh, in his Carolina Panthers career. Yeah, that's one of the things. And again, going back to, you know, early last season, it, it the, the Bears offense did not look good. Then they, they go out on Monday night against the New England Patriots. What do you think is the biggest difference with Justin Fields over the early part of last season? Because you'll, I mean, it wasn't great. And outside of Bears homers, we were, there are a lot of people who are not, we're not keen on what Justin was putting down, but obviously became one of the most explosive players in the league. What do you think was the biggest, the biggest change there? I, do you, I almost kind of think it's confidence. Like, because mm-hmm. um, again, talking to him at the Super Bowl, talked about, to me, I, I thought that there was a distinct difference between the offense that they were playing from that Thursday night game against Washington, which right. by the way, remember Darnell Mooney losing that. Uh, losing the contested catch. That was That's probably more now on the other end. We'll probably now go to DJ Moore in a situation like that. And also Mooney, like the thing I, I like Darnell Mooney as a player, but sometimes it's like, get, get the route to the right depth. Like you should not be outside the end. You should not be at the goal and should be in the end zone there. That's where the route depth is going to call to be. That's something that I think DJ Moore has gotten really, really good about that route depth uh, over the course of his career. So like, but again, my point is from that game prior to that, it felt like a very different offense one that wasn't necessarily catering to Justin, wasn't like getting the best out of him. From then on, though, that felt like to me a natural, like everything after that felt like they were really getting him more involved in as a rusher, letting him make big plays. And that I think just breeds confidence in not just what you're doing, but also what you're seeing and feeling and operating in the offense. And, and he kind of confirmed that that was a sort of a, a come to Jesus type of moment between him and, and Luke Getze to sort of blend their two styles together as opposed to like, all right, we've got a round hole. Let's try to fit this square peg into it. So I think that confidence is probably because when you're a big game hunter rank, like, and you, you play the style of quarterback that way, if you're not confident in what you're seeing, you're not confident in yourself, you're going to end up taking a lot of sacks. You're going to end up not being confident in what you see. So I think that was probably the biggest thing between those two kind of chapters in Justin Fields season. And is DJ Moore going to continue that and make it even better? I think so because you're going to trust like think I'm not saying that DJ Moore uh is AJ Brown. I think AJ Brown's a, a, t- a tier or two uh, above him as a receiver. Probably just one tier cuz I think you know reception perception's always been like big on AJ Brown. He was a top yeah. 5 uh, success it. rate versus yeah, love love AJ Brown. Top 5 in success rate versus top 3 actually in success rate versus man and press each of the last 3 seasons even dating back to Tennessee. But AJ Brown similar to what I just said about DJ Moore there was definitely an aspect of AJ Brown's game as a vertical player, um, as a downfield guy that I thought needed to be unlocked, but wasn't going to be unlocked in Tennessee because of the way they designed offense and the way that Ryan Tannehill likes to play. But the biggest difference that we saw, not just in in that getting unlocked by Jalen Hurts, but it was also like Jalen Hurts knows I've got a guy who's going to beat man coverage. So in key situations, like I think his target per route run rate on third down or against man coverage, uh, AJ Brown last year was mm-hmm. like absurdly high. And I bet DJ Moore is going to have that same effect because Justin now knows like, all right, especially if DJ Moore is the backside X receiver, I can read it out on the front, you know, fields and these type of quarterbacks always get critiqued for not reading the field or not seeing the field or not reading the defense. But like I can now read out my slot and flanker options as the one or two read. And even if Moore is not the number one read on the play, 
I have confidence that if I get to that backside read, if this is not coming open fast enough on third down, I've got a guy that's going to be open on that backside dig route, and I can rifle it to him, and that's a third down conversion. That's a big completion. That's a big play, and it just breeds all that confidence continually over the course of the game. You know, and you mentioned A.J. Brown. When you think about the NFL over the last couple of years, and you think of some of these young quarterbacks, the Bills went out and got Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen. Last year, the the Miami Dolphins got Tyree Kill for Tua Tungavailoa. They also brought A.J. Brown, goes to the Philadelphia Eagles. A lot of the haters will stop us Bears fans, be like, well, D.J. Moore's not on those players' level. But what I'm trying to – it sounds, though, that even though he might not be, the impact is going to be very similar. Yeah, if not to, and by the way, like we're talking about AJ Brown being traded to Philadelphia and you know Stefan Diggs being traded to a Minnesota or being traded from Minnesota to Buffalo. And I think those are the best comparables because they were guys that needed to be unlocked a little bit, needed to be taken up a level and the general public didn't consider to be elite receivers. Um, and I'm not trying to victory lap here, but you know, Diggs yeah. is another dude that was like super, you know, this from back in the day was like an, or, as a reception perception, superstar in Minnesota. Th- those were guys like not at the Tyree killer Devonte Adams level. Um, but when they got traded, they, they could be unlocked further. And I think we saw that last year. So, but we're talking about those guys elevated their quarterbacks to being like all pros MVP right. candidates. Maybe Justin Fields doesn't become an all-pro or an MVP candidate right now, but this is year one of this experiment. Like, th- that's the beautiful part about this trade is that I think that DJ Moore is going to be a bear for like three, four, five years or something like that. And then you know Justin Fields, if he if he shows this year that he's the guy, he'll be the Bears' quarterback for even longer than that. So if we can get Justin Fields to being like the the tenth best quarterback in the NFL or something like that. Right. That's a huge, huge win. Um, so again, even if it's a slighter like Diet Coke, uh, Bud Light version of those two elevations, we're doing something pretty good here with the Bears offense. No, and it's making everybody better because you can slot the receivers. And you mentioned this previously, slot them into their correct, into their correct slot, like where you should be. Darnell Mooney probably shouldn't have been the number one wide receiver. It's like when Kofi Kingston was the WWE champion. We love Kofi Kingston. Kofi's amazing. But it's like when Brock Lesnar walks out, you're like, ah, there's a difference between these guys. (laughs) And I think the same thing happens to wide receivers. You're like, you can still be very good, but you got to kind of play within yourself, so to speak. You talked about the offense, though. Matt, uh, Chase Claypool coming in from the Matt Canada offense, and it took a little bit of time. DJ Moore's coming in from an offense, whatever the hell they were doing down there in Carolina. Is it going to be a difficult transition for him to pick up the Luke Getze offense? Um, that's a, it's a good question. Uh, but I think that the fact that they'll have an entire off season together, an entire, mm. like, cause really, you know, th- this is a, a big corpo fit phrase, but like when you get traded in the middle of the season, that is like drinking from the fire hose. Right. Uh, yeah. you know, shout out to, to the corpo overlords there with that one. Um, but like going from, and I, I could not be more like there, you know, obviously I chart uh, so many routes during the course of the season and the off season, there's no, I think, worse designed offense in the NFL than the Matt Canada offense. Like you're just, especially for a league right now that is so zone coverage heavy, yeah. they're running so many of those like hitch routes and you're just kind of drawn dead against like cover two or any sort of zone heavy early down front with that offense. And, you know, Claypool, I don't think ever 
became a very refined player within the design of that offense, especially in the role that they had him in. And I think he really struggled because if you go back, you know, if you look, go back into his reception perception profile from his rookie year, it was really promising. But he didn't grow and didn't build on that. I think because that offense doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily expand a player's portfolio beyond what they can already do. And certain guys like Deontay Johnson, I think, is a really good fundamental route runner. But Claypool is just an extreme example coming from that offense because he's just not the same tight fundamental player that a guy like DJ Moore is. So even if I don't think that the Matt Rule, you know, Panthers necessarily did things to the best of uh, the these players' abilities. Like, I don't think they unlocked DJ Moore's skill set as an in-breaking route runner and getting him in space or lining him up enough in the slot or lining him enough up at flanker to get him free releases, stuff like that. I still think, like, Ben McAdoo was the offensive coordinator last year. And for whatever you think about Ben McAdoo, he does come off, like, the same sort of maybe not the exact same tree, but he's like a professional NFL offensive coordinator that's going to have like these route designs a little tighter for a guy like DJ Moore than what we saw with Chase Claypool coming in the middle of the season last year. I don't think it will be that drastic of an adjustment. Yeah, I like the idea too. And I guess that's the best point is that he's got the entire offseason to go in here and work. And, you know, these guys having to get uh, get adjusted on the fly and, and try to get build some chemistry with a player. What is What is the best way to utilize Chase Claypool? Like what is... What do you anticipate Luke Getze when he sees what he's got? Because again, I've I've been a big, I love Chase Claypool coming into the into the league. I liked him. I actually wanted the Bears to draft him, and then they they picked Cole Komet. But I thought that you know he he could be a guy that could be very valuable in the NFL. Then he had nine touchdowns. Was it nine touchdowns his rookie season? Mm-hmm. What's the best way for the Bears to employ him? Going back to that rookie season, and I think this is the best uh, way to do it, is you, you look back at his reception perception data from that year. And again, like 71.3% success rate versus man, 80.2% success rate versus zone. Like th- those are pretty good indicators. And But then you look at his 2021 profile. I mean, he just completely fell off the cliff because I think the Steelers wanted him to, to take the next step as a big outside receiver and – I a lot of stuff with wide receiver analysis like grinds my gears to be like a total old man here, but um, the the like size stereotype stuff can get is really frustrating because like Chase Claypool he's a big guy but he doesn't play like a big receiver. So what you want to do is you want to get him um, on routes into the flat. You want to get him on crossing routes. You want to get him on screen routes. You want to get him off the line of scrimmage. That's why I think DJ Moore coming in there. And when I talk about like X receivers, if, if you're not familiar out there and you're listening, like, again, that's the number one guy that's tethered to the line of scrimmage. It doesn't do any of that pre-snap motion window dressing stuff. They don't move into the slot. They don't play off the line and they're on the side away from the tight end. So again, they're going to deal with more tougher physical coverage. If you have DJ Moore, who we've seen verifiable evidence can win in that role. Now you have Chase Claypool to, to move into the slot. You have Chase Claypool to be able to get him off the line of scrimmage and in more like layup type routes. That's the thing I think would be best for Claypool. You get him on crossing routes, get him on slant routes, get him on some of those layup routes for Justin Fields, and then he can make some big plays. I think as a number three receiver doing that, I think he could be a useful player for the Bears or any offense. Yeah, that's what I'm anticipating. I understand that he's he was traded for the 33rd pick in the draft, but I still think, you know what, if he's out there and he's productive, uh, there's no reason why – that trade still doesn't end up being a win for the bears. So I'm still hopeful with that. Have you been charting any of the college guys coming into the draft or is that. 
Yeah, um, I'm into like four, the top four got I me mean, top. Have four. you done? Like, yeah, go you, for it. You've done Jackson, Smith, and Jigba? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what do we think of that. him? I, I love that guy. He is uh, such a good player. Um, and I can't, I said this on my show recently. I, I Are we really going to do this with Jackson, Smith, and Jigba? Like the biggest knock for him is, Oh, he's a slot receiver. Who cares? Like, even if he is, let's, by the way, let's pretend that he's definitely going to be just a slot receiver. Who cares? We've just seen damn Cooper cup, uh, win the triple crown two years ago. (laughs) Super Bowl MVP Cooper cup from a slot, right? Pretty good player. It's like, Oh, can you really take a slot receiver? Um, you know, as, as the first receiver, can you really take him in the top 15? I mean, if he's going to go out and win the triple crown, Sure. And maybe he's not going to, maybe J- Jackson Smith, the Jig was not going to be that guy, but also like we just saw Amon Ross St. Brown become like one of the stars of the league as a slot receiver. And even, I think the worst part about it is I bet you like go out there right now and look at the negatives in Jackson Smith and Jigba's, you know, quote negatives in his like scouting profile. It plays from the slot. Doesn't maybe doesn't separate outside. I guarantee you, if you go back and look at Justin Jefferson's uh, draft profiles, they'll say the same thing. He was a guy that was misevaluated as a slot only player. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, his reception perception is going to, I think, surprise some people. Small glimpses against man coverage, but he's so good running dig routes. He's so good over the middle of the field, but also shows a little bit of outside chops as well. I, I would, I wouldn't hesitate. Like if I had a if I had a receiver need and I had a top fifteen pick, I wouldn't hesitate. I think he's, I think he is clearly the best receiver in the draft and the one guy that like. If, if he turns into a star, you want me to bet on like which guy turns into a number one receiver, a star, I think he would be that guy. How does he compare to some of the other guys from, let's say, the Ohio State program that have come out with Garrett Wilson, Olave, uh, Jamison Williams? Like, where would he fit uh, amongst that group? Yeah, uh, shout out to Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, two other guys I've talked to recently. And I, I know they've said this to other people, too, but they were like, oh, yeah, he's the best among us. Um, I'm going to. I'm going to politely disagree. Uh, I think that, but Hey, no shot, you know, no, no, no shade to hyping up your guy. You know, I mean, that's, that's the, the, he's your buddy. You want him to get paid or you're going to get over there and tell me at the Super Bowl that he's the best damn receiver of the three of you too. So I get it. But I I think he is probably just because I thought Olave was so refined. Um, He was my number one prospect in last year's class. And then I had Drake London, Garrett Wilson third. And I think Garrett Wilson, as much as I like Garrett Wilson, I think he even outkicked my expectations from his rookie year. Like, I think he has superstar potential. So um, this is actually a feature I'm working on for the site. I haven't even said this publicly yet, uh, Rank. So this is first breaking news on your show. I'm going to put out uh, prospect rankings for the Reception Perception subscribers from the last three classes because they're the three classes that will be on the site. So if you wanted to see where does Jackson Smith and Jigba slot with all of those guys, um, I, I, that's all those classes, what I thought about them as prospects, not what they became in the NFL. So there might be one or two, you know, like, oh, yikes, what is that? Uh, yeah. But <laughs> um, I, I think that so that's one thing I'm working on right now. But I think in terms of those four guys you mentioned, I would have it as as just as prospects, not what they became. Olave, Wilson, Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then I think there's a little bit of a teardrop to Jamison Williams. Not that I don't like him as a player, but I think. Those three guys really stand out um, head and shoulders uh, above most of the dudes I've seen in the last three classes other than Jamar Chase. The Bears, obviously, they brought in DJ Moore, Chase Claypool. They're sitting there at number nine. There's a lot of different ways they can go. 
And this has been a hotly contested debate amongst Bears Twitter right now. And it's almost come down to like, which Ohio State player would you rather have? Uh, Paris Johnson Jr. Would you rather have Jackson Smith and Jigba? Would it be... I, I, would it be dumb if the Bears actually drafted Jackson and to put him in there to make this receiver room even better? No, I mean, because you can't, you can't spoil your quarterback, basically. Um, I don't think that's a thing. Look, we're going to let's do the AJ Brown Jalen Hurts comparison last year. What, what Jalen Hurts got to go out there and do is have a 1A, 1B receiver uh, duo. Mm-hmm. That's how good I think Devontae Smith is. I mean, I think he is. I'm not saying he's as good love as AJ him. Brown, but love him. I'm not yeah. saying he's as good as AJ Brown or that he's better or anything like that, but he is, is it worth a conversation. And by the way, they're, I don't think, you know, wide receiver production, you know, that's fake news, stuff like that. Um, but their production was pretty close there at the end of the year. And I think that's reflective of who they are as players um, and where they are as, as, as talents, because I think it's close. So if you wanted to go out there and say like, Hey, Justin, we are going to leave. No doubt. We are going to really make this, um, this offense, everything you could possibly want it to be, you take a guy in Jackson Smith and Jigma, who I think could be a number one receiver, but can certainly be a one B receiver to uh, to DJ Moore's one A. Or shoot, you know what? I honestly, if it was the other way around in a couple of years, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigma plays two years in the NFL. I think he could be as good or better than DJ Moore. So it could be a con- real conversation, a real debate. Is like who's one A, who's one B? But I think they could both be number one receivers. And again, I like Darnell Mooney. I like Chase Claypool, but I think you'd ideally want those guys to be the third player in your passing game. So the Bears shouldn't look at anything and be like, we're done with the yeah. receiver core. If there's if they love this guy, if they're even able to trade back a couple spots because they think they can try to read this r- receiver market right, I think th- I wouldn't hate that either. So yeah, there's there's no there's no way that that would be a dumb move. Um, but certainly would be like Rank, remember the memes about um, Panay Sewell and uh, yeah, it's Jamar Chase. Yeah, with, with Joe Burrow, it's like I, I get it. It would be nice to not have Justin Fields, you know, dropped all the time for sacks. Joe Burrow dropped all the time for sacks, but you know what helps you not get dropped for sacks is when you got two dudes who are consistently open. I, you know what, I think about that all the time. And Penny Sewell has gone off and played very well, but I don't think that the Bengals get to the Super Bowl. I don't think that they get to the AFC championship game without Jamar Chase. And I think that's the bottom line. And so we keep having these conversations and I, I, I say the same things you do. I, I look, I actually really trust Ryan Poles last year getting Braxton uh, Braxton Jones as the left tackle of the future in the fifth round. He's got a bunch of draft capital now that you can go out. He's going to find a lineman somewhere. I have no doubt in my mind. But even if you like, you could drop down. Like if, if if Will Levis drops or Richardson or one of these quarterbacks drops, and you're able to move down a few spots, I still think that Jackson Smith and Jigbo will be available because we've seen this time and time mm-hmm. again. Remember the year that Justin Jefferson was drafted? Everybody that was that was the Judy draft, and all those guys, all Henry those Ruggs, receivers yeah. fell, and they went Henry Ruggs. The Raiders went Henry Ruggs at number twelve <laughs> to start that run. Then Judy, then the TCU guy. Um, I can't even remember. Was it Jalen Rager? Yeah, Jalen Rager, Jesus. Um, it's been a lot rough, rough run for TCU lately. We'll woo! see if Quentin Johnson is Quentin Johnson is uh, is any better, but we'll see. I don't think so. I really like. <laughs> I I'm, I'm I don't want to make because like everybody's like, well, there's other receivers in the draft, and you could talk about Tank Dell and all. I'm like, you know what? 
I don't want to play this game. Rasheed Rice, like, I don't want to play this game. Give me, give me the guy from Ohio State who's proven it on the elite level that he can get it done and run with it. I, I want to have too many receivers. We'll yep. find linemen somewhere. Yeah, good, good problem to have, I think. And I, I'm with you that you either take the guy who I think is head and shoulders above all the other receiver prospects in Jackson Smith and Jigba, or you just – forget about it and get like depth guys in the third round, fourth round, fifth round. Cause you know, Moody's contract is coming up. Chase Claypool's contract yeah. is coming up. Um, at least the receiver market kind of corrected itself. Cause I think last year's bears fans, you're sitting there thinking like, are we going to pay Darnell Mooney like $20 million a year right. after Christian Kirk got that deal after the Lazard contract, the Jacoby Myers contract, you're probably not going to be in that spot. Um, but still, you you got to think you're going to have to make a decision between those two guys because you're probably not retaining both. So I would understand if they wanted to go some depth later on. But and that's another reason to take Jackson Smith and Jigba like early yeah. like early on because do you want to be breaking in another receiver next year if Justin Fields is taking this leap? Probably not. So I I, I wouldn't mind it at all if they just sat there and were like you were going to do what the Eagles did, we're going to do what the Bengals did, and we're going to make life as easy as possible for our young quarterback because then also you're if Let's say Fields makes this leap. In a couple of years, you're going to be giving him a massive contract, but you'll yeah. still have a rookie on a cost-controlled contract for a couple of years or at least one year. So a lot of potential options for the Bears, but I'm with you that if they bypass Jackson Smith and Jigba, which I think is like a defensible position, I don't think that's like the wrong move. There's really right. no wrong answer. Then I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about like, oh, let's take a receiver um, later on because I think we've got – I think we've got a, a guy who can be a two in Darnell Mooney, like a passable two, and, and we'll keep it moving from there. Yeah, and it's one of those things as well where the Bengals were in a spot where they had T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and there was somebody else there who was not bad, where you could have, again, defensible to be like, well, let's get the lineman. We've got two good receivers, and Tyler Boyd's a good receiver, and T. Good Higgins, receiver. good receiver. Like Both of those guys are good. Like You can make that case for it, but to me, and I don't care. I honestly don't care if like Darnell Mooney gets moved into the number three spot. If Chase Claypool has to fight to be on the field, even though whatever compensation you gave up, it doesn't matter anymore. You gave up what you gave up. If you get an opportunity to go out there and get somebody like Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think that you got to do it. And I know it's fun. It's a fun, it's a fun debate for everybody on Twitter and everybody's a draft capital. You know, everybody's like, well, our cap. I'm like, we've got plenty of money, plenty yeah. of space. <laughs> This is a this is a long term investment as well, and I love the idea that DJ Moore and Jackson Smith and Jigba would be your long term guys. Possibly bringing along Darnell Mooney uh, if you can bring him in on a pretty good contract. I think that's the way to go. What um I will want to say, Adam Thielen goes in now as the number one guy for Carolina. We have an interest in Carolina because we want them to lose a yeah. bunch of games. They made a <laughs> lot of nice moves. But uh, I'm just curious, and this is actually a fantasy question. Is Adam Thielen washed? Is he not good? He's definitely a declining player. I wouldn't say he's totally washed, but um, you know he's going to get like the the coach on the field stereotype uh, yeah. by like it, in training camp. You can you can bet that there's going to be some like, oh, Terrace Marshall has really you know gone under Adam Thielen's his game. Way. Yeah, he's raising his game because he's been studying with Adam Thielen. Um, I do think that would be a benefit for a young room because I think the Panthers also, they should probably consider the 
the first year of the Burrow model, which is take a quarterback one and then think because they still have a second round pick, like earmark at thirty nine or you know whatever. Yeah. We're taking a we're taking a receiver here because we need a young guy to go along with Thielen and. Um, I, I'm not a DJ Chark guy, but they're still potentially talking to him. I don't think Thielen's washed, but um, he's definitely definitely a declining player. But I think actually what's interesting about Thielen, like we remember back in the day, again, when we used to work together, Rank, remember the total freak out in the fantasy community when huh. – um, Oh, my God, yes. When when Stefan Diggs like had that little pop gun slot receiver role with Sam Bradford, and then they moved him to the outside and moved Thielen to the slot, and everybody's like, "Can Stefan Diggs really win on the outside?" It's like, "Oh my god, bro, watch watch film once." Um, but <laughs> Thielen actually, I think that move was mostly Thielen based because he was so good as a zone coverage beater. He's been over like eighty two percent success rate versus zone for a long time in RP. Um, this last year, a little bit of a dip, but still it, his profile will hit the site later on the summer, but I think he could actually crush it in that role. That would be an interesting, like a big slot receiver role for him. Cause we've seen him do that before. No, 100%. I, I still say he's going to end up with like nine touchdowns as well. He might end up with 400 yards, but yeah. he's going to get like nine, yeah. nine, 10 <laughs> touchdowns. And it's going to be ridiculous. And we're going to be upset with them every week as uh, Terrace Marshall or tank Dell, whomever uh, ends up being the, the wide receiver down there in Carolina. Uh, ends up going up. All right. Um, tell once again, tell everybody where they can find all this great information. How can they subscribe? What do we need to do? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, I guess, at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. Uh, you can also check out Reception Perception at receptionperception.com. Again, this DJ Moore profile is for free for all of your Bears uh, fans out there. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, and then you can subscribe in our at our subscription page. We have three levels of subscription. We have the basic plan, which it's like, hey, you want to just – you want to just read the profiles and get the fantasy rankings that rank uses every year. Yeah. Uh, you can get those for the basic plan, but there's also a prime, our most popular and sicko, our highest coverage. If you want, depending on how much data you want. So um, I think there's a, there's something for everybody. And I think if you, if you love wide receivers and you want to learn more about the position, I think receptionperception.com, all bias admitted is the best resource for you. It really is. And uh, I'm actually going to pay for it this year. I know that I always, Oh, I'll give, I'll give it to no, you. No, 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 I need to start supporting my friends and doing things like that. And also, um, you've been doing a lot of great work for Yahoo Sports. I'm con- you're still continuing with them. Everything good, even though you're moving yep. to West Virginia. Uh, moving to the great state of Virginia, not West, not, Virginia. Not, West not West Virginia. Country roads are, are taking me home, but not to West Virginia. Um, but yeah, so I'm all good there. Uh, you know how it is in the in the post COVID world. Um, yeah. You can do anything. Everybody gets to work from home now. Not me. I'm well, sitting here at the NFL Network doing this stuff. I was. Um, they spent a lot was, of money on this building. We're going to be here. I was going to ask you. That looks like a some rando NFL office for sure. I didn't think that you were. I didn't think that that was your quite your. I don't know your decor taste, but I've seen some of your videos before. And a blank, um, robust. You know, yeah, there's a blank a of, white wall. Yeah, not yeah. really the th- same thing. This is really uh, not what I prefer. This room is actually reserved for Brian Baldiger, but for next week. So I was able oh. to sneak in here right now. I'm like, they can't hang up a photo. Like you spent all this money on this thing, and now they're not they're not giving away free lunches anymore. Use some of those oh. resources. Just put a photo on the wall. Oh, that was the worst. Like even the coffee bar. I got to charge you for it. Like, you know what? But that's a story for another day. Um, Yahoo gives out free food. But in any event, I want to thank you. Why are they hiring? Uh, Thank you so much for for stopping by. I did leave a little bit of meat on the bone. So go back and check out the free profile 
on receptionperception.com. I don't want to hit everything here. I got Matt's got to eat. He's got a wife. He's got a dog or two. He's got to go out there and pay for a cross country move, pal. Yeah. You know what? You go subscribe. (laughs) Yeah. Go subscribe. I I implore everybody to do it. It's a great resource. And uh, this was very illuminating. And I think that a lot of bears fans have been very excited for what's happening for, for DJ Moore. This just justifies a lot of that. And I'll be honest, like you, you're spot on. Like, I mean, nobody's perfect. You know what I'm saying? But like your analysis has been great over the years and it's shown and it's why you're ascending in this industry and not just, not just fantasy, but like as a football analyst. So love seeing what you're doing. Great stuff as always. We appreciate you being here. So thank you so much. Appreciate your rank. This was awesome. Uh, I think we had a great conversation. I always enjoy when I get to chop it up with you and you. You don't Irish hello. I was wondering if you're going to Irish hello your own. That would have been. You know what? I thought about that. I'm like, it would be great to just not show up. Be like, <laughs> that oh, be that son of a gun. It's pre. It's me doing pre-recorded questions, um, or something like that. That would have been. That would have been next level. But uh, I didn't want to do that to you. So I always appreciate the time that we can spend together. And uh, hopefully we'll do it again really soon. If the Bears do draft Jackson Smith and Jigba, I will invite you back. Yeah, we'll invite you back anyways, but uh, we'll, we'll really dive into it. So, uh, but in any event, have a good one. Thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule and we'll see you soon. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you. There he goes. The great Matt Harmon. And once again, if you could go ahead and subscribe to the reception perception, I would consider it a personal favorite. Also uh, his podcast on Yahoo is really good as well. He did a thing with Austin Eckler last season. I don't know if that's returning or not. I probably should have asked him, but his podcast during the season is exceptional. So I want to thank everybody for joining us here for this very special edition of the Sick Podcast. It's like the regular season. We're doing two of them, but I thought that having a guest like Matt Harmon was worth it. And by speaking of which, uh, I just ran into DJ, Daniel Jeremiah here. I asked him that I text the, wrong, the, the, the correct number. I did not. So hopefully we'll be having him on real soon, but continue to, to tune in. To the sick podcast uh check me out on nfl total access if you're watching this on friday morning i'll be on this evening uh if you're listening to this or watching over the weekend you missed it i was awesome it was a great time but in any event thanks so much for being here and sammy go ahead and play us out and that's a wrap hope you don't miss us too much until next time follow the sick podcast with adam rank on youtube instagram facebook google play and apple podcasts brought to you by underdog fantasy